It's good to be with you today on another Press On podcast. I invite you, if you can, open your Bibles again to James chapter 1. Uh, no, I'm not doing a, a kind of expository where I'm going verse by verse, not even chapter by chapter. It's just that uh, in uh, recent times, the Holy Spirit has just really pressed upon me uh, James chapter 1, and therefore I've brought uh, a few podcasts uh, to you regarding uh, how to profit from trials and then uh, how we are uh, to be successfully navigating and be overcomers through trials. And then today I, I want to kind of conclude, if you will, uh, this James chapter 1 by looking at uh, James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Now, basically, in the last few podcasts, I've covered just about every verse in chapter 1, but I purposefully went past verses 19 and 20. I wanted to end on this uh, even higher and more positive note. Um, A lot of people read, as I've said before, uh, the book of James, and they think James is just consumed with the trials. But really, James is a very practical writer. And he's writing to people who are practically in the midst of troubles and trials. Uh, and it's a word that speaks to you today. It speaks to me today. Very applicable, very relevant. Uh, and um, I've tried to be, because I am a very practical kind of guy, I've tried to, to, to bring it to you in a context of practicality. James has done that, and I'm going to end in these verses 19 and 20 uh, with these practical qualities that are needed uh, in the midst of trials. Qualities. They need to be characteristics of us as we go through trials. And uh, I I don't have time to go back and recount other podcasts regarding profiting from trials or uh, the temptations that we face and how we're to be overcomers of that. But I do want to reiterate again, James is speaking not about trials, but he's speaking about our faith, that our faith is going to be tried. It's going to become uh, uh, tried seven times by fire, if you will, but we're meant by God to go through trials successfully and to come out on the other side of those trials. I know a lot of you, and I've had those trials too, where you think, my goodness, it's never going to end. It just seems to go from bad to worse. And everything that I try to do doesn't seem to work, sometimes makes things worse. Uh, It can be very confusing. Uh, And of course, there are multiple voices that are speaking to us in our days, and uh, it's no different in the midst of trials. I'm sure you can uh, agree with that. There's a lot of voices speaking into you as you go through trials, and yet I want to elevate the Word of God. Now, James says that there are qualities that are needed by true believers who are being yielded to God uh, in the midst of trials, and these qualities, even themselves will be put to the test, but these are qualities that will give us a greater degree of assurance that we can go through and come out victorious. Now, this is not rocket science. This is pure practical religion, and I believe it's going to speak to you. Now, James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Those are the three qualities. Let's say them again. Swift to hear or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Then he concludes by saying that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
very clear, practical qualities James expounds here. Now, I want to talk a little bit about these qualities. The first is being swift or quick to hear. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Uh, Hearing is what we do with our natural ear. Sounds are made, the waves come in, and we hear. But listening is not the act of the ear. It is the act of the heart, act of the soul, the mind, the will comes into play. So many people here, I can remember being a child, uh, and my dad may be listening, so dad, this is for you. But I remember as a child, my dad would say, uh, uh, not are you hearing me, but are you listening? And uh, the idea was, you might hear what I say, but he, he has often said to me, it looks like from your behavior, what I said to you went in one ear and came out the other. That is, I heard it, but I wasn't listening. Listening is that part of us where we not only hear, but we meditate. We, we're really uh, zeroing in. We're giving full attention to what is being said or what we're hearing in order to gain knowledge, understanding that will be applied wisdom applied to in, in our lives. This is what he's talking about. Be quick to hear. He's not saying just be quick to hear the natural ear. He's saying be quick to hear it, listen, receive it, and let it uh, work in our lives and come out in our behavior and conduct. Now, when when you're going through trials, uh, we talked in a previous podcast that uh, our tongue comes into play. James, again, very practical, and you can go to James chapter 3 and read. He talks much about the untamable tongue. That little part of our body that is set on health, fire, and the course of uh, death and destruction. Proverbs says that uh, the power of life and the power of death are in the tongue. We know from God's Word that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The, 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 the words we speak, our mouth, our tongue is the window to the soul. James is addressing this very practical thing in our lives to say, look, when you're in the midst of trials— it's best for us to be quick to hear, be those that are inclining, leaning into God in the midst of pain, uh, a loss, confusion, heartache. Those things, the emotions can often speak so loud to us. Uh, voices that are around us can uh, drain, uh, can uh, uh, be so powerful that it, that it uh, 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 drains out God's Word. No, he says, look, in the midst of trials, press in. Be quick to hear what God is saying. Incline your heart to listen, not just hear, but listen, so that the meat of what God is saying to you will give you what you need in order to be uh, successfully navigating through these trials. Uh, When we are in a time of trials, uh, it's a good time to be quiet. In quietness and rest, we possess our souls. Be still and know that I am God. We've got to be inclined. We hunger and desire to not focus on the trial, not focus on the temptations, but to focus on what is God saying. In Revelation uh, chapter 3, I believe, as he starts to speak to the seven churches, uh, speaking of end-time happenings, the eschatology of things to come, what is said to the churches is speaking the same thing to us. There's not a multitude of different Holy Spirits. 
There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, and one Holy Spirit. And he is saying in Revelation, he's saying to us today, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Hear what God is whispering into you today in the midst of all the loudness of your trials, in all of those emotional uh, eruptions. Be uh, prompt, be desirous, hunger to lean in and to hear and to listen, to really gain from God what he's speaking to the churches. It's really an opportunity. All the trials of opposition are God's opportunities, and we've got to go with God and hear what God is saying. I think, again, practically, God gave us two ears and only one tongue. We need to be quick to listen, uh, to, to, to hear more than we speak. The trials that come are opportunities for us to think serious, uh, seriously about issues in our lives, to, to really contemplate what is happening in, in me and around me in the midst of this trial, not just the effect, not just the pain and the sorrow and the grief and no, to move even in the midst of that, move past that. And what is God saying? What is the light of the Holy Spirit shining in us so that we can see it and we can move with this divine character and quality of God to listen to what he's saying? These trials are often meant to cause us to be quiet. It's kind of like in the course of our lives, when we feel we have everything under control, we're not really needing people. We, we know we've got it. We know we're in the routine. We've got, the, we've got our processes and protocols of life all laid out. Now this trial comes, completely disrupts you. It, it, it's a, it's a, a, a confusing time. Oh, man, these are times God is saying, hey, lean into me. Uh, uh, take time in the midst. Uh, just be quiet. Be quiet. Quiet yourself. Quiet the voices. Come away. Uh, seek the intimacy with me and let me speak to you what you need to hear. We, instead of blaming God as we've talked or accusing God uh, in a past podcast, when we're in the time of trials, let's intentionally open our ears and our hearts and say, Father, teach me, train me, empower me, instruct me. Uh, and he will because he is speaking. How does God speak to, to us today? Well, there is the fact that he speaks to us uh, through the Bible, which is his word. He speaks to us uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, that small voice uh, that speaks to our inner man, leading, guiding, directing us. Uh, he speaks to us by Christ's example, where uh, the Bible says he is the word of truth. He speaks to us uh, through the example and words of the lives of other successful believers who have uh, navigated through trials and tribulations. We can hear and uh, learn from them. And then, of course, uh, Romans 1 says that we can, uh, God speaks to us by nature, literally says that nature speaks of God. So the quietness, uh, the, the ceasing of efforts and words and just zeroing in to be still and to hear God's voice. I'm reminded in 1 Kings chapter 19, some valuable lessons for us from the life of Elijah. Uh, you remember Elijah standing alone, goes and faces the 400 uh, and something uh, prophets of Baal, 
and uh, they go through all of their stuff, uh, and they're screaming and crying and cutting and burning and trying to get their so-called God to respond. And there you have Elijah, who's really just kind of quiet and calm, and he's actually taunting them a bit. You know, maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe you got to do something. He was kind of playing with them, but he was himself calm and, uh, and there. And God uses him. He overcomes them. God, who answered by fire, uh, vindicated him. And then after that great success, uh, Jezebel, King Ahab and Jezebel, Jezebel speaks and says, uh, I am coming after you with everything. What you've done to my prophets, I'm going to do to you and more. And here's this great man of God who's, who's just come off the mountaintop of victory. And what happens? The threats, the trials come. He, he begins to fear. He responds in the flesh. He takes off running. He goes out and he finds himself under a, a tree, left alone, thinking that I'm the only one that's left, all the forsaken. God says to him, no, you're not alone. And it says in 1 Kings 19 that as he lay and he slept under this tree, an angel touched him and said, Elijah, arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head where he was laying was a a cake that had baked, been baked on coals. Uh, basically, I think like a, 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 a fresh loaf of baked bread and uh, some water. He ate and he drank and he laid down again uh, to rest and to, to not only the natural rest, but I believe there was something happening in his spirit in the midst of his failure to stand up successfully in that trial. And God came to him, and it says uh, the angel came back a second time and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. In your own strength, you're not going to make it. It's evidenced by your response. You took, you tucked tail and ran. And yet he says he arose, he ate, he drank. And what happened? He went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. In the midst of his trials, if he hadn't heard what God was saying to him specifically through the angelic voice, if he didn't uh, listen, he wouldn't have seen uh, not only the physical substance that was there, but the supernatural was being being, uh, uh, put into his life. And he went 40 days and 40 nights on the strength that came from that divine uh, meal. My friends, sometimes trials come at the height of your success. Let's not think it's strange, the fiery trials that come upon us, the Word says. Let's not think that we're the only ones. Let's not get into pity. Let's not give way of, of our flesh. But like Elijah, let's hear. Let's listen to what God is saying. And in the midst of your trials, when God speaks, He's got something divine for you. He's got something that's going to sustain you. And he came across as a victor in that circumstance because he yielded himself to the Word of God with humility. And, he, he, and so in our trials, we've got to be willing to hear uh, what God is saying, take this trial patiently, and, and thankful. Thank the Lord for where you're at, thankful for what you're going through. Thank you that thank Him that He's got His eye upon you. He knows even if you've run in some direction— He's going to meet you where you are in the midst of your need, uh, and he's going to bring you uh, to salvation. Now, James says not only to be slow to listen, but be slow to speak. Proverbs 29 says, Do you hear 
Uh, do you see a man speak in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. In the midst of our trials, and I won't say long on this, but we need to be slow to speak. Again, God gave us two ears and one mouth. Let's, uh, let's follow that equation. Let's be slow to speak. Because when you're in the midst of trials, it's so easy, it's so natural to want to speak out and sometimes release all the emotions that are in you. But in the multitude of words, the Bible says there can be sin. So we've got to be careful. I encourage you to go back and listen to part one of this message about uh, successfully overcoming trials because that uh, podcast, I go into a little bit more about our tongue. But Proverbs, again, in chapter 10, verse 19, it says, When words are many, sin is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. And uh, in the midst of your trial, be slow to speak, but quick to listen. Uh, God knows what you have need of even before you pray. God's eyes are upon you. Jesus said as uh, him going to the cross, he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. His eye is upon you. He understands where you're at, uh, but he won't excuse unrighteous behavior. Slow to speak, but quick to listen. Uh, As we are slow to speak, uh, it's best to be that way because you don't often know what to say. You're in the midst of the trials. It's confusing. You're bewildered. Uh, best to come in. And I would say this, that if you're going to speak anything, again, the power of life is in the tongue. Let's speak what God has spoken. You say, I don't feel like it. You say, I have been, but I don't see the results. My friend, you just continue good works. You continue to speak. God, you were, you are going to approve me. You're going to see me. You, you see me come in. You're going to see me through. You're going to bring me out. I declare today in the midst of my trials that you will find me approved. I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. Speak the things that God has spoken. Listen, you can never go wrong by speaking God's Word. Uh, We don't need to go around speaking what we think. We don't need to uh, voice our opinion to God and others in these things. We need to come back to the truth of God's Word. This is the foundation for life, even in the midst of trials. So quick to listen, slow to speak. And then lastly, he says, slow to wrath. Did you know that God holds us responsible for governing and restraining our tempers? Galatians 5, he speaks about the indwelling Holy Spirit in us, produces in our lives qualities, characteristics, it uses the word fruits, of the Holy Spirit, and one is Uh, self-control. Some of us uh, have a temper, and I, I have to honestly say, I used to have a temper. I used to be very impatient. And I, I am a bit prophetic in, in my life. I see things black and white. I, I, I can be quick to speak and sometimes slow to listen. Uh, but this thing about slow to wrath, uh, we are to govern and restrain our temper. And we, again, it's not bootstrap uh, process. It is a surrender process. We surrender to God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit continually is bringing the character of God, the living and loving Christ, into our lives. And as a result of that, we have to not give indulgence to our 
uh, angry or excited passions. We can't let emotions rule us. Uh, We have to be ruled and guided uh, by and under the Holy Spirit. Self-control is a fruit of that. You know, there's uh, God's design of man is in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, And uh, that is the mind, the will, and the uh, emotions, the soul. That soul of us has to be under the direction, under the control of the Holy Spirit who who brings good things into our spirit. So quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If we give way to wrath and anger, then we're we're going to be found operating in an unfavorable way. We're not going to be uh, exhibiting the nature and the character of Christ. Uh, In fact, we'll just be like any other natural man. We'll be just responding out of base instincts, and we're not not to do that. If we will lay aside all anger and wrath and let the Holy Spirit work a work of investigation in our lives, He'll speak to us, we'll listen, we're going to learn, He'll bring us to a place of calmness, of assurity. Again, James starts it off, by knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience, a calm waiting, a process of surrender to God in the midst of your storm uh, so that you can be brought through successful and come out the other side a true victor as an overcomer. Uh, Proverbs 14 verse 29 says this, that a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man promotes folly. I'm going to hit you with another one, Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than a warrior. Why? Because he who controls his temper is greater than one who captures a city. Slow to anger, under the control of the Holy Spirit, not allowing base emotions to rant and rave and to to drive. Better than a warrior, uh, greater than one who captures a city. There's strength and power in our refusal to allow the base man and our emotions to go crazy. So lastly, Ecclesiastes 7, 9, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger settles in the lap of a fool. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In the midst of our trials, if we just let our base nature run wild, if we're filled with fear, doubt, and unbelief, then we begin to act as a fool. We, in essence, say there is no God. He, he's not with me. He's not controlling me. He, he's, not, he's not answering my prayer. And we fall back to what James said, and I said in a previous podcast about accusing God. Anger does, the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. It does not promote the rightness of God's life. Our response in the midst of trials will give evidence, true, clear evidence where our heart's at. And if we respond in a wrathful way, then we're responding out of base nature and not out of the Spirit of God. And there's no way that our uh, human anger and wrath will produce anything of the nature and character of Christ. It will not be exhibiting Christ to a, to a world around us to where, again, some are watching you. How are you responding? Family members, Maybe husband, wife, children, brothers, sisters, those right in your household, and then extended in your field of uh, influence. People are watching. 
What are they seeing in you? What are they hearing from you? James is saying this is the quality. These are the three qualities uh, needed. Be quick to listen to God. Don't be quick to spout off your mouth. Slow to speak. And if we do speak, let's speak what God says. And lastly, don't let your emotions run wild. Know that the trying of your faith work is patience. Patience is an endurance. It's a persevering. You persevere in quietness. When you do speak, you speak God's word, and that will keep you calm and collected. You will exhibit the power of God, the fullness of Christ in you, and people will see it. People will see it and know. And above all of that, God is watching. Again, blessed is the man who endures, because when he's been approved, verse 12, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I know you love God. I know that you've set your heart right before the Lord. Trials are coming. Maybe you're being shaken. You're being, you're being uh, pounded by the waves of emotion and all of this. But my friends, James is so practical. He's telling us, look, God is with you. He's giving you these qualities through the Holy Spirit. You yield to that, then your tongue will be under control. Your conduct will be exemplary uh, to display God's power and presence in your life. And you will come through this victorious. You will achieve in the midst of trials that the devil and the world, even your own flesh, have meant to destroy you. You'll come through and laugh at the uh, challenges, and you'll come out and say, God brought me through, and I'm better for it. I am able to overcome. And these qualities are the very qualities of Christ, and they're being worked in you, and if you yield to them, they're qualities that will aid you along the way, and you're going to come through this with a voice of praise. In the end, you're going to be able to say, I praised you in the beginning. I suffered. It was painful in the process, but I held my ground. My faith is intact, and I've come through. I've been approved, and I give you all the praise and all the glory. This is James writing to believers like us today that are suffering these trials, and the, the word of faith through this is speaking to us that we will come through, and we will not be overcome, but we'll be overcomers, and the qualities of Christ are going to shine brightly in you. I'm sure of it. So God bless you, and we'll see you next time.